0: So glad that you guys are listening into our podcast. And as we usually do, we like to give you a little insight into the projects or things that we have upcoming. And Danae and I are super excited to talk about the fact that we have our first in person retreat coming up this January. Uh, the first week, actually, January 2nd through 7th in Carefree, Arizona. It's going to be a stunner.
2: So this retreat is happening at Sivana Retreat, which is like, I could not be more excited for this. I know. It's so beautiful, so luxurious. And, you know, I feel like we have been so hungry to come together in community for certainly over a year now. My and, least. you know, We were really committed to like, we want to do this in a way that feels safe for everyone and in a way that we can really hold some therapeutic containing work, um, but also really create community in a way that all of us have been so hungry to feel it for so long now.
0: Yeah. And if you guys are listening to the podcast then you know what Danae and I are about, right? You know that we are all about getting in there deep diving, getting beneath the surface. And so we're going to bring together, it's basically going to be a week of us bringing together all of the deepest, most integrative work that her and I do on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm. So we're going to be doing shadow work. We're going to be doing inner child work. We're going to be talking about the mother wound. We're going to be, you know, getting in and digging out old codependent relationship behaviors and patterns. I mean, there is so much that we are packing into this week. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that thematic just,
2: healing work, <laughs> and you know, we're gonna dive into masculine and feminine dynamics, which we're obsessed with. But you know, to me, this is really gonna be like us supporting you in leveling up. You know, not only your spiritual tools and your toolkit in general, but you know how you want to enter 2022, right? Yeah. How can you learn
0: to live from the most authentic place or the mm-hmm. most authentic space that you possibly can? That is really our hope to be able to give you the tools to do that in the best way that you can.
2: Love it. This is from self-abandonment to inner belonging, the intensive, like you said, V January 2nd through 7th in Carefree Arizona. Join us.
0: Yeah. It's on uh, my website, vanessabenna.com backslash retreats. So today we have DR and DR actually wrote in Talking about something that I think Danae and I have heard different iterations of, especially since the pandemic, just this tough time that we've all been in in the last, let's say, two and a half years. And, and particularly for you, DR, it sounds like it's really been a catalyst for a lot of really hard circumstances, breakups, unemployment, just like this feeling of loss of self, like who mm-hmm. am I, this journey of self-love, right? All the big, juicy topics. Mm-hmm. Take us through what's going on.
1: So um, I think that, first of all, I just want to say that the pandemic is a period where all of us have gone through such a traumatic experience that there's no one who can come out of it and and say, oh, I'm... I'm great. It was awesome. You know? <laughs> totally. So, so I think that there's variances of how that went for all of us, and for me, it kind of started with a six month breakup leading up to the pandemic happening. I work in the music industry as well, so um, along with that, shows were getting canceled, and mm-hmm. we—I I basically lost my job. And so, I have always been a human who has needed um, to be around people. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've played in bands my whole life. I got into events. And am used to being around, you know, anywhere from like hundreds to hundreds of thousands of people. And mm-hmm. so when the everything went silent at the beginning of the pandemic and we all had to put our masks on, mm-hmm. it scared me. Like it scared yeah. me so much. And then simultaneously, the person that I had kind of committed my heart to was ripping it apart. Um, Mm. and I was kind of ripping myself apart because of that, because I had never been with, you know, I come from a a family where there's so much love and I had almost been coddled. I think at the point that I got to, uh, this year, I I realized I was like, Oh wow. Like having someone tell me that they, that I thought loved me say all these horrible things. it, It just made me lose love for myself. And so I think that, that was kind of what I really wanted to talk about in this because it was this journey throughout the pandemic of, you know, um, like it went from bad to worse. It was like I, I was in this breakup. It all went really, really toxic. Then I got into a fight, a fist fight with my roommate, like just things. Mm-hmm. I'm 31 years old and I was just so embarrassed. And that's kind of, it was interesting. That's when I found you guys. When I found the TAT lab, was because I was searching, you know, it was like, um, I started doing yoga. I started doing art. I like the things that helped me to like, stop crying (laughs) or to, um, sit in it and kind of like really research it. But simultaneously, like, I think that I was going through, and I think all of us were going through our lowest lows. Mm -hmm. And so, It's just a very interesting process because I can kind of like I feel like I've actually you know, I'm 17 months past right of of being unemployed 17 months of like, what do I do for work and also like, let's all talk about the uncomfortable situation if you've worked your entire life of figuring out unemployment slash taking it, you know, yeah Um, and so. I feel like I've actually been able to put in the work and I'm, I'm at this point, the happiest I've been in maybe my adult life. You know, I I've, I've been able to work on myself. I've found someone that I have really connected with that. I think that Mm -hmm. we're building into a really healthy relationship. And then, um, and I got a dog and so (laughs) all that stuff made it so that my life is evening out But I'm really excited to talk to you guys more about that process and, and, you know, when you're dealing with the, like, why does this hurt so much every Mm -hmm. day? (laughs) Because that was where I was at.
2: (laughs) Oh, wow, DR. I mean, so many things, um, <laughs> you know, and here's the thing about what you described as being at the lowest of the low point of our life. I love a good rock bottom moment because I believe that our rock bottoms become this solid foundation with which we we start to build a a life life right like um where we we have to start searching we have to start going inward and 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 meeting the moment with curiosity because we don't have a choice anymore we don't have the distractions we don't have the things that normally fill our lives up with productivity and um And I think on a collective level, as you so beautifully spoke to, that is what so many of us went through, you know, just this, like, we don't get to distract with all the things that we've had that have filled up our lives. And now we're just left with ourselves. Um, And in a lot of ways, I believe that what you're speaking to when you say, and now I'm at the like happiest point I've been because I had to sort of like ride all the waves of that. I had to like sit in the mud to you know become this lotus flower, um, and now I'm starting to be like, okay, like I feel different. I'm not in that space of like deep continuous sorrow but I want to understand. And that feels mm-hmm. like the integration of the lessons. And now I'm ready because sometimes we're so still in the mud that it's like, it's too soon to start to like make meaning. It's too soon to like integrate our understanding. But I feel like you're at the most exciting point because now mm-hmm. you're in that like, okay, I'm immersed. I'm emerging from where I've been and I'm ready to start to make to, meaning. Yeah, and like and define who I want to be moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, the meaning making phase is
0: it's beautiful and it's it's tricky because I think a lot of us when we're in this like this muck or this mud, like Danae said, I think a lot of people jump to wanting to make meaning Mm -hmm. a little too soon, actually. And that can really be a process of bypassing, right? It can be a process of like not wanting to actually be in it, not wanting to actually feel the shitty feelings. Um, and really pull out and use our brains and say like, well, this happened for this reason, right? Um, And and the meaning making is actually, it's something that comes naturally, not naturally, that's the wrong word. It's something that comes, it's like a feeling, right? It's not something that happens in your brain. It's something that happens in your body and in your gut when you're like, oh, it's this integration, like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's time. And so that's exciting. And because you're starting this new relationship, that meaning making, what's interesting about that is going to happen in conjunction with the poking and the prodding and the activation and the learning that's going to be happening in this one.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been so amazing to develop this toolbox, right. Mm -hmm. And develop the toolbox of who I am and who I want to be with, who I want to be around. And I'm not just talking about significant others. You know, I think that for everybody during the pandemic, we weeded our lives out, you know whether it was a living situation or a roommate or you know family members that just were holding you back right i think that like all of these different experiences have led to these toolbox moments where i still feel the same feelings i'm a highly anxious person i go up and down you know i i deal with that though now in a different way where it's like okay um breathe you know just just yeah. the idea of breathing just the idea of being able to understand that you know there are people such as yourselves that exist and that I can follow I think that that's another thing like everybody talks about the toxicity of social media but it's like well what are you consuming on social mm-hmm. media I wouldn't mm-hmm. have found like any of these resources that I go to all the time you know and that are really applicable to me mm-hmm. and so yeah it's interesting now going into this new relationship and noticing triggers and being right. with someone who can see a trigger too and be like, Hey, you're, you're, you're spinning out on that again. Like you're, you're mm. letting yourself think about how your ex used to make you hate yourself. And that's mm. like, just notice it right there. Right. I mean, I think right there in general, when you have someone who can sit there with you and unbiasedly communicate that type of information, like you should explore that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then from there, yes,
1: It's like analyzing that stuff in yourself so that you can, I think that as humans, like, especially when you go through something traumatic, you cling on to it because it's a comfort thing. Like, oh, I need you to hurt me because that's what feels good. Right. It's
0: a little bit of an addiction to it. Yeah, right?
1: totally. Right. And, yeah. and we, we've all, anyone who's felt that like knows it. It's so interesting how much it will take for you to like loosen your grip, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like you're holding on to this rope. It's unnecessary, and you're mm-hmm. gonna fall into a marshmallow. <laughs> be <laughs> <last> <laughs> I use time. that
0: image actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it is it's a marshmallow, but like we're so scared of it because we think it's gonna be a snake pit or something.
2: You know, you said something, DR, that I wanted to circle back to about being a highly anxious person, and I feel like sometimes it becomes important for us to. Reframe the way that we have held the experience of ourselves in the world, right? Um, anxiety is sort of my my jam. It's like what I, I feel like I talk about the most. I love to talk about and. Certainly from my own experience with anxiety and the ways that I have learned to hold myself a little bit more compassionately around the anxiety that inevitably comes up in this experience of being human in a world that is pretty anxiety provoking, (laughs) to be honest, right? Like, I think that there's a way to hold that, you know, some of this is me paying attention. You know, I love James Hellman talks a lot about like the sensitive souls amongst us are the ones who are paying attention to what is really crazy about society a lot of times, right? Like, and saying through their depression, through their anxiety, I refuse to participate in mania and pretend that this isn't manic, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. so I say all that to say, can I maybe normalize that yes, anxiety will come as it does for so many of us. But when it does, the story I tell myself about me experiencing anxiety is maybe a little bit different, right? That Mm -hmm. this anxiety is not who I quote am. It is an experience that comes and it moves through me and it goes because this is what it is to be alive and witnessing all of the sensations of this human experience. it's just here to tell me something. It's just here to make sure I'm paying attention, right? It's,
0: it's like when I say, you know, not saying I am a codependent versus like saying I struggle with codependency or I struggle Mm -hmm. with codependent tendencies, right? I think so many of us are quick to like label ourselves. um, And, and then it's like, there's understanding in that label. And like what Danae is saying, it can also become something that we almost like, you know, it's like a flogging of ourselves, Like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm highly anxious. Well, I'm highly anxious. And it's like, well, are you, or are you just paying attention
1: oh i have such a good addendum to this conversation right here okay so uh
0: i love that you just uh, used the word addendum so please continue uh,
1: I'm a songwriter. I like, to, I like to be I love uh, it. So, so I, uh, you know, I'm a man and I think that in our society that, uh, it's getting more acceptable to be emotional as a man, but for a very long time, and especially depending on the cultures that you come from or the areas or specifications that you find yourself in, mm-hmm. like being an emotional man can be very embarrassing. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, so for me, you know, um, uh, my This girl that I've been seeing, uh, my very close friend introduced us, you know, so-and-so, uh, quote-unquote, and the, after we started seeing each other, they went to brunch, and she was like, hey, I've been seeing him more, and uh, and she was like, oh, you don't want to date him, he's too emotional. And that, and so she, we talked about that afterwards and it really messed with me. I'm like, so uh, er, right, right. well, those you <laughs> who can't see us, we're making like <laughs> so a grr face you know, like, a coming out of <laughs> our ear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that says something about the person too and how they totally. deal with their emotions. And then mm-hmm. I think that also, you know, throughout the pandemic for me, going through what I've been going through, I've had to learn to accept my emotions. Mm-hmm. Happiness, sadness, extreme depression, you know, anxiety, love. Mm-hmm. crying, heartbreak. All mm-hmm. heartbreak, you know, um, all fear, mm-hmm. you know, all of these different things and understand that this is life, like you said, right? And, and in general, I think that it's been such an interesting walk because as you start to meditate, mm-hmm. as you listen to the Deepak Chopra, Oprah combination tapes and like <laughs> really hear what they're saying, you know, um, as you read inward, right? Like those different things remind you that you're alive and remind you that it's okay to be this human and remind you that it's okay to fuck up, you know? And so I think it was interesting too, because after talking with my partner and more about that thing that really triggered me, Oh, he's too emotional. Like, you don't want to date him. He's too emotional. Mm. Um, you know, she and I were analyzing it. And it was like, well, that person is analyzing you dealing with a toxic breakup and being this emotional being in that process and having your world break around it you know Mm -hmm. so that's not really you forever that's not going to be that's oh that person was that moment you know Mm -hmm. and you have to accept that moment as something that was part of your growth right at the end of the day if you can do that then you can write what the conversation is about love yourself then you can forgive yourself then you can grow
0: Well, right. I mean, because loving yourself is also accepting those parts of yourself, right? And you can't actually love yourself without that acceptance. And so if we're all going to walk around and pretend that we're not highly emotional in situations that are highly emotional, then none of us are actually looking at ourselves. None of us are actually accepting or loving ourselves at all.
2: Yeah. And I would just, I would add that you touched on this briefly, DR, but I think that the person that says, um, he's too emotional is often, you know, shining a light on their own inability to tolerate their emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially within women. And this happens a lot, I feel mm-hmm. like that um the wounded masculine energy within us as women, um is really, like really struggles to tolerate healthy, emotional capacity feminine capacity within men. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and we want that. It's necessary. If I am in a healthy, integrated place, I'm going to be so celebratory of that because um most men don't have that capacity because it's been so shut down within men in our society as you spoke to but i just i want to name that that's coming from a really deeply wounded masculine energy within that person and that's not me judging her it's just no me but what that's is happening but for that's so why the women. patriarchy
0: ruins everybody that's mm-hmm. why it's you know patriarchal structures it's not just about women that suffer. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's men that suffer and it's both of us in relationship and in communion with each other that suffer. Because if I have shut that down in you, of course I, as the woman, you know, obviously we're talking heterosexual norms here, but like, of course I am going to desire a partner that can meet me there. And Mm -hmm. yet when I see somebody who can meet me there, it almost terrifies me and or repulses me because of my own wounding. That's actually not about them. Mm -hmm. And that is why we're all suffering in this situation and why people like you honestly are so important because you are embracing it and you are saying, no, that's bullshit. Like I'm not going to allow myself to exist in this structure anymore. I'm going to challenge it and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to roll around in it and I'm going to experience it. and I'm going to talk about it. And and so I just you know I want to commend you. I mean I I don't want it to seem like it's I'm putting something on your shoulders to carry but but I I do want to commend you in that because um it's important work.
1: I appreciate you noticing and honestly like I've always lived within a spectrum of you know I I, I play and write music and I perform in shows and so I have the ability to speak to you know you know sometimes it's on a, a like an apple stool but like it's just really apple box whoops wrong word um but it's really just trying to speak to experience and let people know that it's okay mm. not be okay i actually like i have a really good friend who started a suicide non-prevention it's mm. called uh hope for the day and their mm. slogan was it's okay not to be okay and mm. i found that when i was on the road and i was gone from home for like four months at a time mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've experienced that but when you leave like what reality is for that long the first thing is, like, old people and young people get changed so quickly that you come back and it gets a little scary and then the other thing is that you just feel like you're like completely the odd man out all the time yeah so I started thinking about like, it's okay to not be okay but I really wasn't in it, like I am now, like where I have had to sit by myself and actually analyze that statement. It's okay not to be okay. You know, actually breathe through it, actually be like, you know, those moments, like we were talking about the lowest lows where, you know, you're on the ground praying that it will get better. Yeah, And it will, like, you have to believe in yourself. You have to love yourself. Right. But what is that? And in the end,
0: well, so why don't you answer that? I mean, I'd be curious to know, like, after, so you're on this you know, on the other side of this really hard 17 months. And of course there's more growing to be done, but where you're at now, what's your take on that?
1: I think that leaning into discomfort in order to create comfort within it is what creates love for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that you have to really analyze who you are and just accept it. Right. Um, you know, I'm a obviously artistic. And so my brain goes into, you know, where I started really loving myself, where I stopped being anxious is when I started painting, when I started puttering. Like my mom calls it putter practice. But it can putter like, and it can be it can be painting, it can be music, it could be doing spreadsheets, it could be, you know, a podcast, it could be cleaning and OCDing out on your house, right? Um, yoga exercise reading there's so many different things but putter practice is where you find love for yourself because those are the things that you love right Mm -hmm. so when I get anxious it's funny because I started doing art during 2020 and then did like 27 pieces during 2021 right so from january to now and i just did my first art show last week and i was so scared i've been performing since i was like eight but doing the art show was the scariest thing ever and so it was funny because i do this like collage style stuff and the thing that helped me focus was my putter practice so i got there i was all scared my anxiety is like overwhelming because my heart's jumping out of my chest i put my stuff up i'm like people are looking at it, but not very many. And I'm not really selling what I want. So anxious brain, right? Mm-hmm. I sit down, I had four magazines and a sketchbook. And the first magazine I pull is like a Prince magazine, one of my favorite artists, one of the coolest artists, one of the most secure, perfect mm-hmm. people who ever existed. If you watched him, maybe if you knew him, it's a different story, but right. Like that, right? At
0: least his persona. Yeah.
1: So I'm just doing that cut out a picture of Prince and then cut out a picture of like a dolphin and all this stuff. And then it becomes art. And then yeah. I'm loving myself. I'm loving the process. I'm loving the ability and I'm not scared anymore.
0: Ooh, I, I just think. felt that like you, the way you said that, and I'm loving myself, it's the, it's turning it into a verb.
1: And that's it. And I think that the other thing too is taking out two with two O's when you're explaining yourself, I'm too emotional. I'm too happy. I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm emotional. I'm sad.
0: In this moment, I am.
1: Describe the feelings. Like, we don't have to act like we are alien because we are.
2: And we all are. You know, I just got such a sense of it, even when you were describing Prince, and, you know, we all feel that about Prince, and none of us really, most of us didn't know him behind closed doors. But I think, you know, what I understand in my experience of people is that all of us, all of us. And I actually, as I listen to some of the things that he has said about, or that he said about what it is to be human and mm-hmm. what he understands about the human struggle, I think we come to that awareness through the type of work that you're talking about, right? And none of us get through this life unscathed. None of us wake up and are consistently, you know, comfortable and safe in our skin. It's work that we all have to do forever and ever to fall in love with ourselves and to do that loving ourselves as a verb, you know, all of us. That's that's part of the deal, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry to laugh but I, ha- I have to tell you another addendum story um so <laughs> like my my dog is a little six pound chihuahua minpin mix and he's amazing like usually small dogs like that are very yappy he is not but he has insane separation anxiety because he was thrown in a trash can and mm-hmm. so i found him by way of another person who found him in the trash can mm-hmm. and he became my child right um, so I'm starting to deal with this separation anxiety because I'm going back on the road. I got a job and I have to like figure out with the dog. So separation anxiety training is really difficult because it's all about keeping keeping um, the animal comfortable all the time, right? So we started talking like, we were my dog and the whole thing has been, well, I have to be comfortable. And if I'm not comfortable, then this is not going to work Dad. You don't understand. I'm not going to make your life easy if I'm not comfortable, but it's interesting because that we went on a trip (laughs) last week and comfortable became the whole thing. But I think that at the, at the end of, you know, if anyone is to take anything away from this conversation, you're having (laughs) with DR, then it would be find a way to be comfortable. Because if you're not comfortable, you're not going to be able to find the love for yourself. You've got to be comfortable <laughs> at all points, right?
0: But that's that process of, like you were saying, putter practice, right? Yeah. I mean, it's what is your putter? Like, how do you putter around? I mean, what do you do that connects you to that verb? That verb of loving self with a capital S. Um, and it, it is a practice. It's a verb, too, like the action of it. It's an action in order to find an action, if that makes sense, right? It's like, um, it's the act of being comfortable with
1: the self. Mm. Uh, comfortable comfortable but. comfortable <laughs> the act of being comfortable with the self it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's t- like, comfortable is taking comfortable to yeah. the next level you know you yeah. got to take that t out to really be comfortable
2: <laughs> <laughs> and i and i would argue that that something in comforta- comfortable comfortable <laughs> comfortable yeah. feels like being comfortable with the discomfort that is yeah. inevitably going to rise right and yes. what do I do to get myself back to a more comfortable right
1: here is the point like let's 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 gauge where comfortable sits right okay right <laughs> we were having a regular conversation about heartbreak love and all this stuff and we we're like just talking right but the minute that you say comfortable you can kind of let your guard down you can be within it. You can laugh. You can smile. You, like it, I think that that's in general. It's those mm. those moments where, you know, you're having a scary moment, and then you're with your friend, and they remind you of a funny time, and you get to, mm. and you smile through the tears. Right. That that's my favorite emoji, by the way, the smiling tear guy. Love him. Mm. He's, he's a great emoji. But
0: it's the connection, right? I mean, this is it's the connection to others. It's the seeing yourself in others. It's the realization that we are all experiencing the same things. We all feel the same feelings. Um, you know, the situations might be slightly different, but we've all experienced heartbreak. Every one of us in some form or another, you know, and there is something truly, uh, truly, I don't know, even just in the fact that I sigh, truly comfortable, we'll use that word again, actually in the knowing, that we've all experienced heartbreak. And that also in a way helps me again, come back to this place of loving myself because I am not alone in this. I am not weird. I am not an other. Um, I am you, you are me and and we're in this together.
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, um, it's time for us all to recognize that in others. Yeah, It's time yeah. for us all to recognize that as you get close to people and like accept that, we're all on different pages and chapters and, and then we can help. you mm. can pick your friends up. you can pick the person that's walking down the street that seems like they're down up, just smiling, yeah. Just saying that you like their shirt or you know relating to somebody, being yeah. human, and, human and we live in Los Angeles, it's hard to do that. People can be especially in the age of social distancing and masks, right? But the ability to just radiate positivity, Even if, even if that's, it's not your moment, you know, but notice the other person or notice that someone's radiating negativity and you're having a great day and bring their vibe up.
2: Yeah. Reflect it back. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. You know, DR, I'm going to join Vanessa in just commending you for the way that you're showing up. And I I think it is so important for us to really celebrate the men that are out here making it okay to have honest conversations about our emotions and about um, the ways that we are attempting to rise into a more integrated space. Because, you know, what we don't talk about enough is, you know, the rates of suicide within men and how many men are out here silently suffering. And so, thank you for being a leader. Thank you for showing up and making it okay to talk about like all the facets of what we're feeling because it's so important and we really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing it with us. And
0: congrats on the job. So just keep us, uh, do us yeah. a favor though, keep us posted. <laughs> oh, I will.
2: I will. <laughs> Shoot Thanks. us a
0: note, let us know how you're doing. Um, let us know how the job goes, all the things. Maybe we'll have you on for a follow-up and you can let us know.
1: I'd love to continue catching up. I really appreciate <laughs> everything that you guys do. I love your network. I love Tat Lab. I'm mm-hmm. I'm just seriously like I think that everything that you guys are doing is the next generation of being mm-hmm. able to help with mental health. And mm-hmm. it's something that I want to help with in any way that I can.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. It means a lot. Okay. We'll be in touch. Take care. Oh, DR. Aw, we really it love always him. like.
0: Fills me up to have guys on this show. You know, I mean, Mm. we know they're out there, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're more scared to kind of come on and put voice to it or if it's just, yeah, it's breaking out of this cultural conditioning, man. And I I just I respect the men that are able to step up and be like, screw this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this work and I'm gonna have emotions and talk about it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking as you were saying that how every single male that has come on for a coaching session. I've just been like, Oh, I just love him so much. And I think it's, yeah, because I think that there's just such a, a tender space in my heart for the bravery of men that hold space, because as you speak to what's happening for you on emotional level, you're inevitably permission giving to other men and holding space for your brothers. And, and I think, you know, all of us just loving each other a little bit better, a little braver is just so inspiring to me.
0: Yeah. And I think also he was really able to put words to this idea around um, not forcing or rushing meaning making, Mm. right? Like that, that can sometimes be like a logical place for us to go to, to try to kind of skip over the pain and, and really like, that's a felt experience. Like making meaning comes as a felt experience after you really have sat in the darkness for a while um Mm -hmm. and and struggled and experienced the pain and um we don't get to decide what that timeline is right Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: um that place of meaning making is is pretty profound when you reach it
2: yeah i loved that he came on and sort of gave us um just like a visceral feeling of what it is to be in that dark space and a little Mm -hmm. bit of, you know, how we start to talk to ourselves in a new way once we are starting to integrate some of these lessons. Because, you know, we talk a lot about like how we can still be sort of speaking to ourselves and about ourselves in a way that is deeply shaming and sort of limiting Mm -hmm. and um, not paying attention to all the ways that I'm actually expanding and understanding myself in new ways. Yeah. Mm, That's a good one. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Sulkin. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...